0: morning and welcome to the Morning Coffee podcast show on the Sunday edition. So we are still on the first cup of coffee. It's a bit gray and it's kind of a little bit rainy, but uh, it's a nice Sunday. And this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have, it's more of a book review or a book reflection. We just finished the second volume of of this four volume history work of, um, it's called From Paradise to Utopia and by John Strickland. And it's about seeing from, a, from an Eastern tradition, seeing the history of the last 2,000 years, so Eastern Orthodox tradition. So we've now been reading the second volume, which is from the Schism in 1054 until the Reformation with Luther in 1517. So uh, we talked about some of this before about like the papal the new papacy, which is often called then the papal Reformation. but we, we wanted to just have some overall thoughts first. Since now the whole book is very fresh and <laughs> on top of mind, uh, it especially this second volume with the five hundred years it paints a very different picture of, of course, kind of the Western European history, but also the role of the Renaissance and kind of the different developments, as in large part a consequence of the split from the Eastern Church and then losing so much of the uh, of the thinking, the theology the experience of the Eastern tradition. So, and like one of the labels it's using is kind of losing paradise, this kind of sense of the the inner paradise. And then also that you are um, more drawn towards something bright and positive and kind of life-fulfilling and life-affirming, like now here in the earthly life. And one of the many things that are so interesting is how this is... um, Reading so much about Dante's Divine Comedy, this, like the feeling in the comedy is so... There's so many things in in the, the experience of reading the comedy that f- comes together with the Eastern tradition, more than some of the Western tradition that is being created after the new papacy. So, and this is also the critique. So th- this makes... It gives even more sense to the critique from Dante towards the church and the popes and why he's so angry because in some sense he is pointing to exactly those problematic effects of recreating the Roman Empire as the the popes tried to do after the schism in 1054 and they create this big power structure and that changes the whole western part of the Christendom as as the the book is calling it, like the civilization of, of, of the Christian culture. So it's very helpful to read this book because it gives a different view and a different kind of how you the different periods of history it's just like you it puts it puts different labels on it for example calling the the movement of the reformation and the protestants that in some way what they are attacking with the catholic church is exactly the same as the eastern orthodox were attacking but then the protestants wanted a different solution but this, someone one of the many claims in the book's book is that or the, both of the books is that if they had known more about the Eastern tradition, they would have seen the situation differently and they might have also had different ideas of solutions so it's a complicated and big big argument so like a big canvas here and but it helps reading the book really helps. So, just want to point out a couple of other things. So, it's very essential to understand this new papacy that comes between 1050 to 1300. How gradually it becomes this autonomous uh, unit. First, with kind of the, they're in charge of the elections of the popes themselves by Nicholas II, and then you get Gregory VII, who has then. Uh, the like uh, the pope is above everyone, no one can uh, critique the pope, and uh, the, the church has never erred and will never forever in the future <laughs> err either. And then with Boniface in 1302, you get this final that every single human being is under the authority of the church. So that's kind of the, that is the pinnacle of the kind of the bit of the madness in the new papacy. <laughs> uh, and from there on, it starts to change because the reaction is so strong. But what this period does is very influential for, for the developments in the different countries, especially kind like of Western and Northern Europe. After that, so that part is important to understand. And then there are things in the theology that changes so much. For example, all the negativity that comes in the Western tradition, putting, and and this was a very kind of a great discovery, like that. The whole thing with the crucifix and the suffering person dying as the center is uh, something that comes with the Western tradition. It's not in the Eastern tradition. They are more focused on, according to the book, <laughs> uh, to uh, kind of the victory, the brightness, the paradise, the the and then the victory over death and the the positivity again and the and the brightness that comes out of it. So. It's interesting to see then that this whole like the pain, suffering, shame, guilt this comes from the period of the new papacy primarily. So that gives a whole different uh, kind of overall picture of of this this very important strain in European history the last millennium. So uh, that alone is a good reason to to actually just read the book. The Age of Division is the second second volume. So that is one interesting thing to just know that that's where the uh, this like the, that life is horrible it's suffering uh, human nature this depravity thing of, of uh, other of the <laughs> theologians this uh, it didn't used to be like this so uh, that's was the second thing and the third thing I want to talk about is how counter then Dante seems to the main strains. Of, of what was the Western tradition at the time? Because so much in Dante then looks more Eastern. For example, the whole overall movement in the para- in the comedy is, like from Inferno to Paradise, is towards the unity with the divine. It's kind of from separation, the dark forest being lost, towards the final moments where he kind of dissolves into becoming. The whole of the universe and and becomes one with the love that moves the sun and the other stars. So that is kind of the whole overall movement, which Dante describes as the movement from misery to felicita or to happiness uh, in the here life, as well as describing kind of the, the nature of the afterlife. But also the whole of the purgatory is so different in the way that Dante describes it and the way it was seen during and after, right after this new papacy, where purgatory was just <laughs> pain and suffering and horrible and people were so afraid of it and they paid all this money to not having to go to purgatory and or to go through it more quickly. While in Dante's purgatory it's a super positive happy place. There's a bit of hard work to do <laughs> but it's all for the good because there is some fixing that has to be done. There are some of kind of devices, some of the human nature features that needs to be kind of adjusted because there are kind of some traps to fall into with the pride and the envy and, and the different desires or laziness. And then it just gives you a good reasoning for for how that could be balanced with a virtue and then how that also will be a huge positive because it will kind of just improve your life in so many different ways. So the whole of the purgatory it starts with just like all this uh, like evoking all this imagery and stories about rebirth, renewal, fertility, spring, the the, the dawn, all of this is just creating like a new start with happiness. You have this group of 100 plus souls that are arriving like confused chickens (laughs) on the shores who are then the souls that needs to go through this purification, this work uh, to get to paradise. But it's a humorous image and it's also then um, just showing that there is some work to be done, but it will, the rewards, which they are kind of reminded about all the time, is, is so huge. And in many ways, it's very applicable to kind of the, your own life here and now, and just improving your earthly life as well. So that's, in that sense, which was a bit of a surprise, the the purgatory and also the comedy is taking in a lot of the Eastern tradition. And maybe this is just yet another beauty of the whole comedy that it actually unites much of the of the Western and the Eastern tradition, because Thomas Aquinas is kind of the the main person in the paradise in the sphere of the sun, the sphere of the wisdom. Uh, but Thomas Aquinas is, is squarely on the more rational scholastic side of things, and at the same time Dante goes against the uh, the part of rationalism that would be the intellectual pride or the superbia that puts rationality above the spiritual or above the intuitive or above the transcendent this is kind of the overall structure of the comedy is that that reason is necessary but it comes that comes first and then you get the spiritual above that and they also have to work together as a unity so you need both Virgil and Beatrice or Beatrice but they also have to work together so um, I think we're going to stop it there it's about 10 minutes Um, so that's some of the thoughts we're going to keep digesting this book a lot more. There's so many things. And once you get into the overall approach and thinking, then so much of 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 the history in that period becomes a little bit different. You see some underlying forces or movements that explains even more about history. So that's a it's a great work and it's um it's necessary or it's very helpful at least understand more of both today and the last thousand years. So with that, we're going to wrap this up as the first little book review uh, reflection talk. And um, hope you're still having a great morning and a good cup of coffee and uh, a great day in front of you. And as always, thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode.